0: Welcome to Stream of Conscious West
1: yay
0: <clears throat> Welcome What's good Welcome to Stream of Conscious West. I, uh, I have a lot of <laughs> shit to say. Okay. Cheers to you. Take a sip of your drink. If you're drinking a drink, coffee. This here's what I'm about to say.
1: I saw this thing the other
0: day, um, about coffee being like a tool of the industrial revolution, right? Where like I think we all know that, you know, back in the day, you know, hundreds of years ago, like finding and having access to clean water in cities, industrialized cities. First of all, did you guys know that civilization means the culture of cities? I just want to go ahead and pause right there, right? Because we view civilization to be like, almost like the beginning of man in a, in a way, in a way that we look at our human history. And, and what do we say about the aspect of human history before civilization, before the gathering of humans in huge cities, right? The beginning of mass, Specialization, right? We call that shit prehistory, right? So, civilization means the culture of cities, history before the culture of cities, we call prehistory, right? So, it's like we have this civilized mind of viewing the way that things are, right? The world that is that we've all awoken into as being the start of the real shit and you could say well but what about you know the fall of man and adam and eve and the agricultural revolution well yes that the agricultural revolution was the beginning of the culture of cities because it allowed humans to fully expect that they could live in the exact same place for their entire lives and have all of their needs met, right? Have all the food they need, have all of the trappings of whatever you need to gather around yourself to survive. Um, So anyway, right? Early civilization, uh, fermenting their liquids to, make it safe, right? People giving their kids beer on a regular basis because it was easier to make beer, which would, through the process, would make uh, the, I guess, I don't know, I'm talking on my ass here, but like the fermentation process, is beer fermented? I don't even know, right? But the process of alcoholing shit, right? the process of taking barley and hops and and what do we do soak them and then they become alcohol and then alcohol kills all the bacteria right i'm going so off on a tangent here um but then and again i'm saying all of this because I grew up in America as a white person. We have this whitewashed European centric view of history. What's up podcasts for dinner? Love your fucking name, dude. Kelly, dude. When Kelly pops in, I'm like, okay, we vibing dude. We're settling in. Um, And so, you know, like imagining, uh, I mean, it's so fucking crazy the way that the British had this fucking chokehold on the exploration and the fucking colonization of like all over the fucking world. Like to really conceptualize that it sounds kind of insane, right? Because we're really saying something like, anyway, coffee, right, comes from the more, the, uh, what do we say? Um, From environments that are closer to the equator, right? So coffee comes into European civilized life. And again, other mother, like civilized? Bro, the entire world was civilized. Like white people didn't do the civilizing. That's such a fucking propagandized version of history that we have, that we are civilized and other people are not civilized. Again, for people who just popped in, Civilization means the culture of cities, right? So obviously not the whole, not every part of the entire world is civilized because you can, you can look around old, especially probably on the Eastern half of the United States, small towns, right little collections of communities where you know there was just a main street and then you have houses built around the main street and there's like a bar and a restaurant and a uh, a convenience or like a grocery store and you know people who have a garage who can work on I don't even know I'm talking out my ass here anyway coffee being introduced to europe when the Industrial Revolution was going down, which made it more, they were talking about like, the introduction of the coffee break into the work day, which was beginning in like factories and shit, where it was like, and again, this is like a capitalistic view of like, how do I, do something to get my employees to more to produce more profit for me on on any given day and so you'd say come on in you know work for me while the sun is out right Maybe, who knows? I don't know shit about history really, but they're like, oh, coffee. Coffee gives you that. I mean, what does coffee do? It binds to the part of our brain that makes us feel tired. I'm, I'm really interested in talking about this because I'm realizing like, okay, do I crave? coffee, I find myself in a position where I just kind of expect that I'm going to wake up and generally have coffee pretty fucking soon because that's what I've done, you know, for my entire adult life. But not really, not really though. You know, what's going on guys? Not really though. I'm thinking back when there was a coffee machine at the office. I worked in an office in Minneapolis, my first job right out of high school. In college, I wasn't really, I never, this is interesting. I never made it a priority to have coffee in my home. I would often go get a coffee I lived in downtown Denver and there was this little small coffee shop right across the street from my apartment. And at the time I was working at Cheesecake Factory, so I didn't have shit to do in the mornings. So I would wake up whenever, you know, at noon or whatever. And like, I think they closed at like one. So I'd always be like, okay, let me go get my tall Americano, which is just espresso and water. I, I learned. Um, and the office, uh, in college, my roommates would have Keurig, so I would fucking make my Keurig coffee. Anyway, when I'm living with people who have coffee on hand, Lane and I, my partner and best friend and my other roommate Candace. Candace used to work at Starbucks, so Candace would be bringing home free fucking beans, bro. And and I have a few things I want to talk about on a more deeper level, but we're just getting we're just getting rolling for those of you who don't know, this is a podcast. This is a live podcast. We're just vibing. Um But anyway, uh coffee coffee really makes me shit right and so generally i i poop right in the first you know 10 minutes after i wake up which is really i love that routine i like that my body's schedule is like awake you know brush my teeth and then basically take a shit then go get my coffee And right now I'm drinking a homemade cold brew with oat milk and some Trader Joe's Brown Sugar Oat Creamer. And so I haven't had a traditional job in a very long time. Um, It's been door dashing which, you know, I think there's a lot of us out here who might find those type of jobs, Instacart, Uber Eats, even like Uber and shit, where it's just like, we gravitate towards that because you don't have to fucking show up a certain weekly hours. You don't have to ask for time off. In any collection of a handful of hours at the beginning, middle or end of any day, I could say, I need a little cash. Let me go work and drive around. But then I say, okay, but I'm spending money on gas. Gas is like five bucks out here. I'm fucking, real talk, I'm like, most of my car repair bills i'm putting on my credit card a lot of the time because i'm not accumulating enough money to warrant or 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 to to prepare for that shit you know and that's another thing right which is if no one ever expects me to show up and again guys I'm a broken record talking about fucking DoorDash. But again, guys, (laughs) I don't want to apologize for the way that I am and and the, the stuff that comes up because this is both a podcast and a log of what I'm going through in this moment in time on October 5th, 2023. You know, it'll never be today again, you know, how often, how many of us and how often do we have a, a, a deep, uh, complex, intricate window into the past that we provide ourselves? Journaling is a great way to do that, right? Right? That's why we take pictures. You know, I think about the way that we might say and look around at the state of the world and how much we're all on our phones and how much we're all, you know, I think a lot of us, you know, Instagram culture has really shifted over the lifetime of the app, where I think a lot of us are watching stories and posting to our stories way more then we're posting to our feeds our Instagram news feed and it's interesting right it's like am i more interested in <clears throat> posting this daily thing that disappears into the ether and maybe now you know it'll come back around on like the on this day 2 years ago you posted about this and then and then we share the picture from 1 year ago today on our story this year. And Facebook is out of my fucking life. I don't I don't open that shit ever. And I'm on TikTok like every fucking day all day long. But when I'm doing shit, when I'm driving around, when I'm you know, doing some household chores, being like, ah, let me just tune into my, you know, the photo albums of our parents' generation and our grandparents' generation. Here's what I was going to say about this. That it's like, we think we're this, we're like so obsessed with capturing everything. And I'm like, my fucking father when i was four years old was having this huge ass shit you know videoing me on the huge vcr video recorder fucking playing around the backyard you know and and uh like once we have access to capturing the moments of our lives we're like we can't resist doing it because capturing stuff on a in a physical way, I mean, in some ways that's even more beautiful. having a cassette tape and having printed out you know photos from a from a camera with you know a what do you call those little photo rolls. And you have to go get it developed. That's kind of more beautiful. It's kind of, you know, it is more tangible, right? It's, it's something that it'll take up space. You know, it would be on a fucking shelf in my living room. This book of memories better than our memories could ever handle keeping track of all these moments of our lives. There is a level of wanting to control time, yeah. Um, And, you know, I even feel it with, with this experience of like, I have this, my old iPhone sitting next to me, that's like filled up the space with all pictures and videos. And then I got a new phone, and now this phone is filled up with videos and pictures And I haven't taken an action where I'm like, man, I probably, maybe I want to like put all of these on like an external hard drive. But that requires effort, you know, and I almost toy with the idea of being like, what if I just deleted everything? Like, how much am I really going to care that I don't ever get to look at the pictures I've taken in the past, you know, two years You know and so there's a beauty that I find in where I'm like I think if I think if I was posting all of this if I had posted all this stuff to my Instagram page maybe I would delete all this shit maybe Instagram will fucking go out of business in 12 years and Using it as a photo album is some fleeting thing where we just have this expectation that what is will continue to be. Right? It's the same as like this expectation of like, you know, I'm like, people probably thought the same shit about Vine, being like, hell yeah, no one that's that should always be there. You know, MySpace. Um And then you know I'm thinking like okay, but you know, if my if I had a if I had a stack of photo albums like my parents and grandparents and you know people's houses burned down, and I'm like, what if my house burned down, and I lost all my furniture, and I lost all my clothes, and I lost my guitar, and I lost all of my electronics, my laptop, my microphones, my chargers my favorite this my favorite that all the pictures and the memories my life would go on you know you know obviously hoping that it was just material possessions that got burned up my life would go on and yet i would never get to a point where i would co- i would be like yeah let's just chuck it let's just chuck my favorite stuff let's just burn up all these memories, you know, and so how much of that becomes a burden when we think about the physical weight of photo albums and if we were to digitize that and to be like, damn, it's not actually that many pictures, but it seems hefty and like so much when it's in a physical form, and I don't want to be so attached to things. I, I do in-home caregiving, and I was brushing my client's teeth. And he is pretty immobile. He doesn't really talk. Um, I have to kind of do everything, feed him his food, get him dressed, get him changed, all this stuff. But I was in there brushing his teeth and I kind of put the toothbrush in his mouth and he kind of just like, like gnaws on the bristles. And like, and like, he's very lucid. He has an understanding of what's being said, of what's happening, but he just His body can no longer do what it used to be able to do. And I was sitting there and I was like, all right, let's try to make sure. Oftentimes, I, you know, sometimes I'm, I'm like forgetting how long we've been brushing. And I unlocked this memory of my childhood while I was standing there holding this toothbrush for him. And I shared it with him. And I was like, man, you know, my mom used to or had gave us this, me and my sisters, this small little hourglass that was like 60 to 90 seconds. And every time we brushed our teeth, we were supposed to turn the hourglass and not stop brushing until all the sand dropped out of it. And I was like, wow, I haven't thought of our toothbrush hourglass in years. I brush my teeth every day and yet it never occurred to me to think of that memory and then here I am doing participating in someone else's toothbrushing and it unlocked this previously unremembered memory and I think that's the beauty in in what our brains are capable of remembering. I can remember in kindergarten, you know, this isn't even a memory, bro. This is like a memory of a story that I was told about being in kindergarten and having a snack time and coming home and it was the first time I had ever had Sprite was in kindergarten at snack time and I came home and I was like, Mom, we had spicy water. We had spicy water. And that just my mom just chuckled and would and would and would tell that story to people. You know, I remember my my high school girlfriends, my mom would tell them the spicy water story. And uh yeah so anyway this is a log of where i'm at october 5th 2023 welcome what's up shell what's up kelly glad you guys are here um i have three things written down that i want to deep dive into today uh number one i'm gonna lay them out and we're not gonna they're not in any particular order um but i kind of want your guys's input uh any thoughts you have and we'll kind of juicy fruit (laughs) damn dude you a g bro hannah dang we got the homies out here all right so number one dealing with unexpected or sudden change i really struggle with that East Coast baby doll, yo! We are getting the vibe train together right now, y'all. Also, shout out to this necklace. I fucking never wear a necklace, but but I was like, I'm wearing this tank top. I'm like, let me put a necklace on, <laughs> and I feel different. It feels like it changes my demeanor uh, as I look in to the camera the same way that like putting on a necktie you're like all right this is serious um dealing with unexpected or sudden change when i have like a plan for tomorrow and then you at like 7 p.m tell me oh yo gotta cancel i'm like dude It takes me a fucking minute to prepare, to wrap my head around what's happening where I'm like, damn, bro, I'm really having to change. And there's this feeling of like, I shouldn't be this way. And that gets into number two, negative self-talk, right? I'm real quick to come in with a shouldn't and should about the way i am and the way i react to things you know and the responses that i have to life around me and then number three um resistance to regular action or uh we could say daily action or you know regular i mean regular not in being like I gotta do, I gotta tidy up every single morning or something. Um, But I think we all have this experience of putting off tasks in a way that uh, we end up then feeling like, oh, why have i put this off i feel guilty or i'm having a feeling that i suck right or i'm having a feeling that i should have already done this i should have been changing my expectations of myself Why do I expect myself to do this thing, but then I never do it? Do I want to just submit to the way things are? And ooh, Kelly, bro, I I listened to just like a minute (laughs) of that first message you sent me. Um, and I have real interest to listen to all all of what you shared. But there was a, a real a real value in hearing what you had to say about the way that I'm hard on myself, the way that I'm and this is this is this is what we're here to talk about. I saw this this like older man on TikTok the other day. and he was talking about kind of like entrepreneur type shit of like you know when do you figure out that you don't want to work for someone else and you're trying to figure out how to build your own business and um and so how do you navigate and decide when you're when you when you're ready to exit the planning stage When you have your ideas, you figure out what you, what you need to do, but there's always more that you could try to decide on. There's always more that you could try to have figured out or something that you could make clearer or refine. And, uh, I find that very interesting because I almost don't even feel that way. Oh, we got the mailman coming. I want to just point the camera at the mailman, but I don't want to impede on his privacy, but he's impeding upon mine. The mailbox is literally right here, the (laughs) subject. I have no idea if he actually saw me because literally, Like, he was just literally standing like right in front of my video, or my window, I mean. Um, But yeah, that's interesting, like. (sighs) Shell said, I did a live on who do you think you're supposed to be? I find that interesting. I almost don't even find that an interesting question in a way, like, is that true? I don't know. Like, that that does, that doesn't exist, right? I shouldn't be any other way than I am and I don't have any expectation of some person that I'm supposed to be There's just, it's interesting though, because we have this experience of time, right? Where if we look back at who we were in the past, it's easy to, especially if we go farther back, it's easy to think and be like, wow, I've I've experienced growth or I've experienced a change in my perspective, right? How do I decide what I want change to look like? If I imagine myself in the future, looking back at me now is that helpful what does that mean it doesn't feel like some tangible thing right because our experience of ourselves generally stays the same there's like a like a behavior log right Right, this idea of, you know, if we were to think of ourselves the way we think of a character in a video game, right? Where, I don't know if any of you have ever played Breath of the Wild or Tears of the Kingdom, the the Zelda Nintendo Switch games. But, you know, when you start the game, your Link, you have like a pair of shorts on and you have like three hearts for your health. And then, you know, weeks and months later, if you've been playing regularly, you're like, yeah, Link has changed, right? When you're playing this game, you are in that, you are this character. You have this very vivid you know, visual and experiential change, right? Because, you know, now I have 15 hearts of life and I have this epic cloak and this really cool helmet that gives me extra attack when I'm fighting. And so you have these things that you've accumulated and, you know, I've been picking up food and I've been picking up you know, the horns of the dead monsters I've killed that I can attach to my weapon and I have all these great weapons and I have an epic bow and arrow and all this stuff. And at the same time, you also as the player without a relationship to how length the character has changed you, the player, like breaking the fourth wall if you will have fought up you know hundreds of buckhoblins and you've killed a lionel and you know you have these little tricks that you've used to better your attack strategies and you've figured out how to sneak up on this guy and you've accomplished this puzzle at a shrine to get another heart and, and your stamina is up higher and you're able to take on challenges that you might have been willing to take on when you started the game but your character wasn't leveled up enough for that to be a good strategy and all this stuff um, and so it's like, we have our physical bodies, right? We have the experiences out here in the world. Like I have more experience as an in-home caregiver now than I did on my first shift. And so I'm pulling from those experiences, remembering how things are done. But also, I'm irregardless of the things that I've done being like, Oh, I've done this before. I remember how to do it. But even if I'm met with something that I haven't done before, I have a confidence. I start to see myself as someone who is capable in doing things. Even if I were to run up against this new task on day one or day 500 that I've never done before, I'm no more prepared, but yet it's not all about the accumulation of skills, the changes that our bodies undergo. There's a level of comfort in, t- in taking on new things that we can develop as time goes on, right? I think that's interesting to think about like education. I wanna, I wanna pause, read this comment. People subconsciously think they are supposed to be certain things because societal belief and judgment. Yeah. Yeah, man, there's like, uh, I mean, there's so many different avenues to think about this which is like we don't have an expectation of a certain level of uh, uh, you know we've talked about this before about milestone living right about like whatever these big ideas um, that are kind of ingrained in us which is like your twenties is for finding your partner and starting your family and getting married. And then your thirties is about having a house and raising your kids and, you know, cementing yourself in your career so that you can move up and, you know, begin to make more money than you did when you were 21. And and so there's a way that we can limit ourselves from experiences that we want to have as we get older or a way that we might feel more confident as 20-year-olds than as 30-year-olds because as 30-year-olds we feel like we are up against this current and this societal expectation that we do have things figured out you know that we should have a 401k and a bunch of money in our savings account and we should probably already be saving to to get a mortgage on a house you know all this stuff that we should have a better paying career as a 30 year old than we did as a 25 year old even and so if we don't view ourselves as having having or or having accomplished the things even i'm like man as a 20 year old i thought i would have more figured out by now right and now and now i have this experience of of like man What have I been doing these past 10 years? Shouldn't I have been? And again, whenever we should, we realize that we are taking on a cultural voice, what we can call mother culture, who is almost imperceptible to our actual experience, but yet is this subconscious whisper telling us about the way things are and the way that we have to be based on that. So, and it it becomes, there becomes lots of these like ways that, you know, that if we go back to this, man, I used to feel so confident, you know, back in college right? And now look at me. I'm, I feel like I don't have time for my creative endeavors and I feel like I'm not good enough. And I feel like I, sh- I should be better than I am. And I need, I needed to have done different stuff. Um, or I need to get serious, you know, I need to find a, you know, and again, I I don't wanna, I don't wanna make it seem like it's not an impactful thing the way that having stress about money can have an incredible impact on how we believe, on who we believe we are and, and how we gauge our goodness, not in a moral way, but in how good am I living life? You know, because as 20 year olds, we didn't have any expectation of what we should have been doing for the past 10 years. And so as 30 year olds, we have, this new opportunity and this this way of, of tapping into our memories of being like, these 10 years were under my control. I had autonomy to make choices. And now when we have a decade or more to look back and to judge the way we've been, it's easy to look at that as, as this failing, as all of this, this collection of things that could have been done better. But again, I'm I'm not trying to ingrain this mentality in us. I'm just trying to honor the difficulty of this, right? The way that it's it's It makes sense, right? This is new. There's this... uh, I think my grandpa told me this quote from some... He reads a lot of Buddhist texts. It was some quote about like... About like... I still don't know how to... How I'm supposed to live. I've never been this old before. You know, or... I don't know, this is my first time being me. I'm still getting the hang of it, no matter how old you are. It's your first time being you. It's your first time taking on the world taking on, right? Even my language has this. uh, There's a way that viewing ourselves as individuals is ingrained into the English language, the way that the words, you know, it's like, think about language, right? It's like, imagine like this unlimited grid of meaning and all the words in a language Here's the word the, I, you, right? And so we, we have this grid of what words mean, but then the way that we put them together, I, I am really thinking about how the English language affects me, right? So we can say like subject, verb, or subject, preposition, verb, you know, I don't know all the specific language of, but you're like, okay, it has this, our language has this cause and effect, this I do to the object, right? It's like, it's like a grid. And then we, and I don't know any other languages, but, like, I think a lot of, of like Asian languages, we all have to have some sort of grid, but it's like, it's almost as if that the Asian languages have, are like grid, but like cursive where I don't act upon the things, right? They might say happening instead of like, I drank the juice. They might say juice drink. And there's an assumption that the speaker's way of saying juice drink means what we would view to be, I drink the juice. So again, I don't have a very deep understanding of other languages. And I've heard, I think like Alan Watts Mm -hmm. had a talk kind of discussing this type of thing of how it roots us in our individualism to be speaking the language we speak, right? Um, And so I think that then, then we can say, okay, like, we can't change, like, not to say that not to say that i'm that I will never be fluent in another language, but my brain right now can't imagine thinking in another language, let alone like a non is it Abrahamic? I know there's Abrahamic religions, but like a language that doesn't use our letter system, right. Spanish, French, German, uh, Czech, you know, the European, uh, American meaning North and South America languages, I think all use the alphabet as we know it. So yeah. And right now I can't see why I would end up spending the time to become fluent in another language. Like I certainly could spend the time to become knowledgeable and perhaps able to understand most things and able to kind of express lots of things that I would like to express But, you know, like who are we outside of the words we use to try to understand ourselves, you know, that does exist. It makes me think about meditation, where I could say, yo, I have an experience of myself that is beyond language if I allow that to be a little bit. And I want to go back to this being 30 and being more knowledgeable and being more experienced in understanding of external things, but also understanding of of ourselves. But yet we have this greater expectation of what we should know, how we should be, how we should feel, what we should have accumulated by now, right? Um, And then that can affect how confident or accepting we are of what is. Yeah, I think feelings, feeling, When I have a feeling, I, I, I either want to push it down or I want to bring it up to the surface and understand it and wrap words around it for it to just be with full acceptance and without this inquisitive poking. I don't know what that, uh, do I? I was gonna say, I don't know what that feels like, but do I though? I think I do. I think it's rare, right? But I think it's a powerful endeavor. You know, I do. There's a lot. I don't know what I'm saying. Thanks for tuning in, homies. But yeah, back to these three things. Dealing with unexpected or sudden change, negative self-talk, resistance to regular action. You know, I'm like, why is it so hard for, you know, it's like, I don't, in the same way that I'm um. Fuck, Michelle says. Plus, this multifaceted awareness process serves in many ways. Yeah, it does. You're right. But I'm just thinking about you know. Where, I had planned, I was on the schedule to be working with a client for the next two nights in a row. So I'm like, okay, night shift, right? And then last night I get a call that can't my shifts are canceled. But then they want to be like, but we still want to try to find you the hours. Sorry to take those away from you, you know, Be on the lookout for any other new shifts we're gonna give you. And I'm like, bro, y'all just fucked me up. Y'all just, y'all just fucked me up, dude. I'm like, dude. And then I'm like, why am I so affected by this? I had this plan that was like 24 hours out and then that plan changes. And now I'm like, do I fucking plan my own shit? Now I'm going to be put on the spot to have to accept some new thing that I haven't been prepared for. I don't even know if it's going to exist. And because I was planning to be working, but you took that away, but then you might give me something new. Now you're going to expect me to just accept whatever new thing you're going to give me? I want to be like, yo, you can chill. I can't handle this. But then I'm like, is that true? I believe that I can handle extreme change. Plans shifting. I want to... I want to have an experience of of going with the flow, of not being so attached to what I had expected my tomorrow to look like or even my today. I don't wanna be so attached, but can I change what I'm attached to? Yeah. Shell says, apologies if I'm messing with your thought process. It's just so interesting. Thank you. Yeah. You know, it comes with the territory, the way that I want the input from the chat. And yet, checking in to read the comments will often just steer me away from whatever thing I was talking about. And yeah, there is this idea. Back to coffee. Shout out. For those of you tuning in from the beginning, and for those of you tuning in to the full-length podcast, check it out on Spotify for the video version, or Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, uh, some other ones for the audio only. Um, And this podcast is ad-free, for free, so no ads. Come on. Your favorite podcast with no ads? Let's fucking go. For free? Damn. That's chillin'. That's mad chilling, bro. I made this podcast a few years ago where I did these like fake little ads and I like went into Canva and like made, wow, I can't believe I did that shit. And then a friend of mine came up to me and was like, I loved those little ads that you made. It was so funny, it was my favorite part. And it was like the only episode I had ever done that. The only one. Yo, no, I haven't. I haven't had anyone on. Good memory, Shell asked, did you have Lex and Z on yet? I really intend to. I really want to, I'm just so bad about planning. You know, it's like, I have such a, yo, are you in a planning shell? Are you in a planning mode? Can we plan some shit? Cause that would really be nice. I haven't had a conversation podcast in a long time. Um, I think I want to end the sode. And then we can plan. Um, So we'll get to that. The last thing, I mean, negative self-talk, really crucial to both notice, to have an understanding of, right? To be aware when it creeps in. To not shame ourselves, you know? Um, <laughs> and yeah, I just heard my bestie upstairs. Um. And resistance to regular action, you know? Oh, back to coffee. I was gonna say, cause I have some morning shifts I have been not, oh my god, this is like an hour ago. But I'm I'm like, someone, I was like, coffee makes me poop, and someone else was like, me too. I forget who you were. But anyway, I've been not drinking coffee in the morning because I'm going to work. And and often it's like for four hours, six hours, not like a huge long shift. But I don't want to have to poop when I'm at work. And so I've not been drinking coffee in the morning on those days. And I feel fine. I barely even notice that I don't have my coffee. And I'm just thinking, wow, my coffee consumption. Most of the time, isn't even about man. I really need to pick me up. I really need to get awakened by this juice. But it's just habit. Habits are, are I don't know, they're really strong. They're, they're very interesting to my brain, you know? You know, do we do we have a habit of not doing things? Mars! We have a habit of not doing things, right? Can not doing something be a habit? Because what that really means is that we're just doing something else. Not doing something isn't an activity. You know? Because if I don't make a coffee when I wake up, I'll pour a water, you know? So is my habit drinking? Do I just wake up and need something? Well, yeah, man. Like when we're asleep, we're, we're fasting, you know? We're not getting hydrated during our sleep time. It feels like the direction of focus today really fit with the topic of letting go of shoulds. Letting go of shoulds. Because my schedule changes. My boss says, Hey, your shifts are canceled. We'll try to get you more hours. I almost want to be like, I'm good. I wanted these hours, but you took them away. Now you're gonna give me different hours? I'm like, I was set on these hours, so I'm reeling with now adjusting to not having them. Hours meaning, you know, work hours when I'm on the clock, which means a a bigger paycheck the more hours I work, right, obviously. And then feeling my reaction to the way that that sudden change feels intense, like it's something I have to work with. It's something that I have to really work on preparing to to figure out what, okay, what am, what is my fucking day gonna look like now? I do kind of like when my day is, is decided before I wake up. That kind of, that gives me some peace of mind, you know? I like to have that preparation. What's up, Meg? What's up, Peach? Welcome. And so, In my acknowledgement that I'm affected by a change in my schedule that I'm not in charge of making, a change that happens to me, it feels like, I'm met with an opportunity to both view that response where I start to feel stressed out by it a negative self-talk voice creeps in that says, I shouldn't feel so stressed out by a sudden change to my schedule. Then the, the, the voice after that comes in and says, oh no, dearie, dearie, it's okay that you feel this way. You are not wrong for feeling stressed out by a sudden change. That is something that affects you it's okay to have an opinion and a feeling about that. You're not doing anything wrong. Then the next voice comes in and I'm like, but other people don't struggle like me. And then they say, well, you are not other people. And also you don't know that to be true. This is something that I am I am just assuming, right? Mars says, it helps when I tell the feeling You belong, if I can come in and say, you belong, feeling of stress about sudden change in schedule. You belong. And guess what else belongs? You belong, feeling that I shouldn't feel the way that I feel. You belong. I don't want to shame myself out of shaming myself. (laughs) Right. But then I, but then, and so then I say, okay, but, You know, I'm like, okay. And then I don't want to shame myself out of shaming myself for shaming myself. And so then I'm like, well, then I don't want to get out of this at all. This is a collection of this myriad of feelings that all have these reactions. Imagine I'm imagining them as cats who get their hair stands up and they get all haunched up where I'm like oh my schedule and then oh you shouldn't feel that way and then oh you shouldn't feel that, that you shouldn't feel that way and then it's like I'm just like babies we are feeling the way we're feeling that is all right that is all space right it's all right So if it's all right, then I think a fear comes in where I, where I wonder, well, if, well, then, then am I just, then am I just accepting the way I am? (laughs) Yeah. You are, but I don't want to feel this way. Why not? Is it because I just think I shouldn't? I wish that this didn't stress me out. It's a cat. How do I help to let this cat know that it is okay to be feeling on guard right now? I have to do it with love, with tenderness, with knowing that I'm not gonna say, hey, bad cat. You shouldn't have reacted that way. I'm going to say, baby, it's okay. You're safe. I understand why you were feeling the need to feel on guard. I understand why your senses were heightened. I understand why you were feeling stressed out by this particular set of circumstances. And I want to let you know that even though you are in this heightened state of reactivity, number one, you're not going to feel that way forever. The way through isn't to suppress it or shame it away. The way through Mars is to say, Hey, the way you're feeling that belongs here. That belongs here. It's all right here. Why do I feel that it's wrong? How many of us would have experienced an external force telling us that the way we react isn't what should be happening. Our parents, our teachers, our friends. My friend says, "Hey, man, I gotta cancel plans," and I'm like, "I don't want to let them know that I'm, that that really affects me." Hey, I know we were gonna meet at eight, but I'm still out with this other friend. Can we meet up at 10? And I'm like, the fuck am I gonna do for two hours? I was planning to already be hanging out with you. And then I'm like, it's just two hours, but you can't fill up two hours. And I'm like, but I thought, and then all of a sudden I'm both the little kid reacting and the parent saying, go to your room. It's not that big of a deal. Grow a thicker skin, they say. Don't be so sensitive, they told me. And I internalized that. I I was suppressing that stuff. That's why I was smoking weed, bro. Because when I was getting high all the time, I was like, I prefer having apathy to most everything around me instead of being with me through the way that I am. The oppressor, the oppressed, and the observer. Amen. And we don't have to continue to play all of those roles within ourselves. You know? When we start to let go of the part of ourself that is the oppressor, that is the pathway towards healing the part of ourselves that is the oppressed. And we don't do this through like, Willing ourselves, disciplining ourselves to be better. We do it through loving the cat inside, you know. Imagining our emotions as a cat is like, it's like changing my life right now. Because you're like, damn like these cats feel fucking like there's real shit going on right the cat scratches because they're afraid and they're trying not to be hurt right they're trying to protect something and the cat gets scratched Or, or or cowers under the bed for fear of being scratched. You know, it's like this dichotomy where like they perpetuate each other's existence because neither of them feel safe. And in a way, they are both the oppressed, right? The oppressor has just adopted this mentality of almost like like preemptively striking, right? It's just two different strategies to to address the same feeling, which is I'm not sure that what I'm experiencing right now is okay. Or I think that what I'm experiencing right now isn't okay. So I need to address it or I need to hide from it. Just two reactions to the same problem, which is viewing it as a problem. (laughs) So, Damn. That's real shit, y'all. That's real shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Real, real. All right. Oh all right, homies. Damn, it like feels too intense to like end right now. But I but I kinda gotta pee. And I'm gonna I'm gonna let this go, man. Ooh, interesting. Peach said, sounds like you're working on your root chakra. I love this processing. Me too. Me too. Dude, and I'm excited to fucking listen to this shit back, bro. This is real, real shit. And thank you, Shell. Thank you, Mars. Thank you, Peach, for being here, for hyping me up. For listening to what I have to say. Yeah, uprooting harvesting I love how the mixed up part totally fits into it all I don't even know what you mean but I'm happy to read what you're saying alright guys I'll check y'all later I'm just ending the pod we can stay on stream for a bit much love peace check me out bye
1: what's good bro Claudia what's up Yo, we got a lot on our minds some days. That's alright. Yo. Thank you, homie. Yo, who this crazy LA boy out here? Yo craziness is in the places that I've been going and I ain't keeping track of all the destinations where I'm flowing to I'm just going to where I'm meant to go and I ain't remember I don't keep itineraries and I don't really keep very good memories but I'm taking a few pictures but mostly just vibes freestyle vibes I am alive nobody telling me how I can live live I'm just trying to avoid lots of the old fibs that I was telling cause I was just hiding my shame now I know that it's not a game I know that I can expose myself And vulnerability is the way It's the way that I connect with all the homies out in this world And I know that I'm stepping towards lots of femininity And it's coming true and it feels good to me And I love to be this man and this guy and this person And I fly high every single moment I've been thinking about the places where I'm headed Look, destination's really dope Cause it's really nice to know a destination And a direction mostly like a compass direction Cause I don't really know where fuck I is headed But I know that I'm going with them good intentions I've been learning how to make a many million friends I know that life will never end Cause we just want consciousness My westness may disappear Someday I will always be here I am the light behind these eyes I can learn to find all the different ways I can vibe with this light I can learn not to hide That's what Jesus said Is shut that light shine Cause these bushel baskets stay is covered with shame And cover it up And life is a game But sometimes I don't really know why We get so curled up inside life And then we can curl up in our bed In depressive states And just binge watch And just binge eat But I know it's hard Cause I'm here with you And I do the same So we do what we do Cause we coming true This life and I know we got ups and downs And even if you is really down Like rock bottom, that's okay If it's middle bottom Then there's no way You can go up But you could go down On another day So what you need to come to terms with Is how you can get the recipe From shit that you didn't plan From shit that you never planned From shit that you don't really know Where the fuck are we supposed to go? Nobody told me the answers I got these questions and now we got Google But I just need to learn to trust myself I know that all the answers are out there But they ain't be recipe for me I know that I am so complete But I need to remember me In those moments when I have old Fucked up tendencies That's like some old habits and some old patterns But we changing shit and we healing shit And we growing shit and I'm telling you I'm in love with
0: this life Ooh wee.